Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Breda Pest Management, the official pest control of UGA Athletics. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So I've said this before, I have a pretty high tolerance for drama when it comes to recruiting, and I mean that literally. You know, we joke about this sometimes, but it really is true. I'm kind of a professional wrestling fan, and so therefore, I kind of like it when college football resembles professional wrestling, and that's just sort of my personality. I like carnivals and amusement parks and a bunch of things like that. And like a lot of stuff that like some people think is tacky, I sort of think is kind of fun and enjoyable. That's just kind of the way I'm wired, I guess. So when it comes to like signing day recruiting drama, I have a very high tolerance for it. And I kind of, you know, enjoy it. I'm entertained by it. So if you want to do a hat show to make your commitment announcement, I'm there for it. If you want to bring out a live animal, I am definitely there for that. Like whatever you want to do to kind of sort of have fun with your recruiting process, it doesn't really bother me very much. And, you know, once you kind of cross over that threshold of being a recruit, becoming a player, well, at that point in time, my appetite for drama goes way down. I don't want drama, dramatic players, but I don't mind dramatic recruitments because you're young, you only get a chance to do this once, and, you know, that's how the game is played. You know, no, no harm for me. I'm entertained by a lot of it. However, while I feel that way, a lot of you don't. And... There's a reason why for a long time, now recruiting's becoming more and more mainstream as time goes by, but there's a reason for a long time that recruiting really wasn't kind of a part of the the sort of mainstream TV and things like that. There are a lot of people who kind of pretend to be into recruiting now that for a long time kind of weren't in recruiting. Uh, the, the, the business model sort of forces them to be, uh, and so now they maybe kind of are. But part of the reason why, so, you know, sort of, you know, old style TV and things like that, that version of media was so resistant to recruiting for such a long time is because there are a lot of people who, to be frank, are kind of turned off by it. They don't like the drama of recruiting. They don't like kind of, you know, glorifying, um, you know, certain aspects of this decision. They think that's a little too prideful, a little too whatever. And who's to say they're wrong? That's not really the kind of the way that I'm wired. But there's obviously a lot of thought on that. You understand why people feel that way. My point in saying all of this is, is to say that if you're the kind of person that doesn't really like dramatic recruitments, if you don't really like signing day drama, if you don't like the kind of the glorification of the of the decision making prospect uh, process and the kind of, uh, I guess, um, uh, theatrics that kind of go along with all of this, if you don't like that kind of thing then I hope that you've noticed that the world has kind of been moving in your direction a little bit over the course of the last, I don't know how long this has been the case, but it's certainly true here right now, that if you're the kind of person that doesn't like signing day drama, if you're the kind of person who wants to be serious about football, signing day is becoming a little bit more football serious and a little less about the theatrics and the drama that kind of define this 5, 10, 15, you know, 20 years ago. Case in point here at Georgia. Think about this for a moment. Georgia today will have more 2023 signees practicing with the team than it will have 2023 signees announcing their decision. And this is National Signing Day. Isn't that amazing that that on a show like this, our conversation of the last few days has not really been so much about, hey, who is Georgia going to add to this class? It's how quickly can Georgia get the guys in this class acclimated to college life? The overwhelming majority of the players that Georgia signing today, or I should say that are, that are signing with Georgia during this 2023 cycle, are early enrollees. Many of those, and you know a lot of these names, are already going through Georgia practices here right now because of the you know, you know the the the, the calendar. What, what's kind of you know made available to you in this this period of the early this these this day and age of the early signing period? 
they have a chance to, to participate in these Georgia practices. That's really what this is about. It's not about who who's going to you know put on a hat show or who's going to bring in a live animal, who's going to do something crazy to make their college decision. Georgia has a couple of those that it's still looking forward to over the course of the rest of this week. But for the most part, the hay is in the barn, and a huge number of these guys are already going through Georgia practices. They are literally working on getting better as opposed to working on how can they announce their decision to the world that at least for this cycle and we would have some reason to believe this may continue going forward that the drama that we used to think about when it comes to national signing day has kind of gone away and what it's really about now is about the nuts and bolts of football of getting these guys on campus getting them going and taking advantage of every moment you possibly have to get yourself better to get the player better to get the team better for the future in fact Kirby Smart last week was talking about this a little bit he was talking about how you know you know guys have kind of stepped up for Georgia this year in light of the stuff that they lost off last year's team in the midst of making that comment sort of pivoted to the fact that Georgia played a lot of true freshmen this year this is a team that's going to possibly win the national championship go for two in 22 it's possibly going to do that and yet it's done so by playing a lot of true freshmen and what Kirby Smart told us uh, last week was that the work to get these true freshmen ready actually began before they were officially even actually freshmen a lot of that kind of began way back a year ago around this time when they first started going to Georgia practices those that were able to do that in fact this is what Kirby Smart said about that last week we've had a lot of guys step up we've got a freshman class who a lot of them came in last year at this time, and they have been major contributors. I think we had the third most, fourth most true freshman snaps. Um, so we did a good job of onboarding our incoming freshmen to give us uh, depth behind uh, the guys we had on our team. So um, I think that's a big part of college football right now, how fast you can uh, transition your team each year. Isn't that interesting? As I said before, for those of you that don't like recruiting drama for those of you that don't like signing day theatrics what Kirby Smart just said is hey a big part of college football right now is how quickly can you onboard these guys it's not about taking a victory lap and getting pats on the back and going to all the award circuit dinners and all the stuff like that no it's about how quickly can you take advantage of these practices right now to get involved in college life and here's what I'm here to tell you a lot of you know this some of you even participated in this this is not glamorous the work of being a college football player when you're practicing over Christmas, when you're going through the early morning workouts of the cold, dark winter, January and February and things like that, this is not glamorous. It may be fun to be a college football player when you're walking around campus and everybody's patting you in the back and everybody's you know, impressed with who you are and what you do, but a lot of this stuff this time of year takes place when the students aren't there and when the only thing that's able to be done is just work and grind and get better and Kirby Smart says hey what recruiting's kind of become about is how quickly can you get involved in this knowing that everything's accelerated your chance to even have a player on as a part of your program is kind of accelerated because he may transfer out whatever else so nobody wants to waste any time maximizing their opportunity to get the full potential out of the players they have which means getting you on campus as soon as possible getting you practicing as soon as possible and getting the most out of you in as rapid a process as can possibly take place so if you go back and look at a story that Jeff Sintel wrote the other day, uh, here are the guys that you have already not, not signing with Georgia today, but they're already practicing with Georgia. They've got 
pads on and helmets on and they're out there grinding as part of these peach bowl uh, um, practices a five-star cornerback like aj harris a four-star linebacker like uh, cj allen a four-star wide receiver like anthony evans four-star edge rusher gabe harris four-star wide receiver yazid haynes four-star defensive tackle jamal jarrett four-star tight end loss and lucky four-star wide receiver tyler williams just won a state championship now he's practicing in georgia the four-star linebacker raylan wilson these are the kinds of names that you used to hope to add on national signing day and now the plugged in georgia fans asking um you know not what players can we get but what are these players already doing at georgia practice it's just sort of amazing how accelerated the timeline has become and how drama free a lot of this has become most of the players i just mentioned not all of them but most of them you've known for a long time they were coming to uga and now it's more about are they showing any kind of sparks are they showing any kind of signs at georgia practice are they already demonstrating themselves to be kind of getting it is the light coming on for them at any point in time the 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 conversation we have about a lot of these signees has just dramatically changed and once again last week when smart kind of was talking about a lot of different things he kind of went into more detail about exactly what these practices are like right now and he wasn't saying it for this reason but in the context of why it's valuable to have the long list of names i just mentioned already going through georgia practices when you hear Kirby Smart describing what the practices are like, you understand why you want as many of your young players as possible to be a part of it. Here's Kirby again. It's great to put them at the forefront and let them get quality reps where they're not necessarily the scout team. They're the, they make up the twos and the threes and sometimes the fours in some positions that get a lot of reps and a lot of growth. And um, you know, this is, at the end of the day, almost uh, another set of spring practice. You know, we get 15 practices for a spring practice. We may not get that many in, but we get a lot of practices in once you include walkthroughs. So I've seen these guys have exponential growth and really become good players um, before spring even starts. If you're a young Georgia player, would you like some exponential growth? In other words, would you like to do more than just incrementally get better? Would you like to kind of explode with improvement and put yourself in a position to be one of this team's major contributors next year? Of course you would. And that's why these practices are valuable right now. And that's why the conversation, at least around Georgia, I suspect other places too, but at least around Georgia has kind of evolved. It used to be, hey, enjoy your recruitment. Go out there and get pats on the back. Go out there and uh, draw a bunch of attention for yourself and create some sort of elaborate commitment video or elaborate ceremony and i'm not against that as i said before i kind of like it when recruits do that kind of stuff it's fun for me to watch i'm entertained by it but the recruits themselves seem to be more about you know not how do i take advantage of my recruitment but how do i take advantage of my college opportunity how do i use this as a springboard to make as much as i can on nil to make as much as i can even more so financially at the nfl i better not waste a moment putting the work in to become the kind of player i can be and for those of you that don't like the drama, I, I think you probably are enjoying the fact that the the conversation is changing as much as it is. And let me also say one more thing here, too. When you watch the way that Kirby Smart constructs all of this, I don't think you can lose sight of the vision that powers what happens at Georgia. You may have heard this said before, is that you know there are two different kinds of tasks. There's what's urgent and there's what's important. And the best way to live a unsuccessful life, the best way to have a lot of regrets, the best way to accomplish nothing is just sort of bounce around from urgent task to urgent task to urgent task. That that's a way of kind of always being on somebody else's schedule. And so the college football version of that is, hey, Georgia's got this game coming up against Ohio State. You better do everything you can to get ready for that. In fact, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of assume, well, gosh, you got a whole month to prepare for Ohio State. That's the urgent task at hand. 
But the reason why Kirby Smart has said as much as he said recently, no, we're not working on Ohio State yet. We're working on us. We're not doing all that stuff yet. We're, we're working on us. Is because while it may be urgent to get ready for Ohio State, it's important to get ready for everything. The game coming up on December 31st and the seasons that will take place in the years after that there as well. Because if you don't do the important work right now of laying the foundation for your future, when you get to the future, you won't have an Ohio State in the college football playoff to get ready for because you won't be that level of team. That you can't just bounce from one urgent task to the next, trying to add players on signing day, trying to get ready for the college football playoff. No, you better have done the work to add the players months ago, and now you better be doing the work with those players to get them ready to play in future seasons. That's how you do the important work and kind of put off the urgent task to when it really is time to get that done. So if you pay close attention here with Kirby Smart, not only do you see the obvious makings of success here at Georgia, but you kind of see a framework of success that you can use, you know, for other things there as well. It is a fascinating time to be a Georgia fan, both in the near term, Georgia putting together another elite class, getting ready for the college football playoff, but also over the course of the long term as well, as the players that are signing with Georgia, many of which are already hard at work so they can be contributors for this team as quickly as they possibly can. Great time to be a dog fan, to fun to watch it all come together right here today on National Signing Day. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Breda Pest Management. We're happy to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video, starting at 945, dognation.com, the Dog Nation app. We call that our first and 15. We'll take your comments and let you weigh in on whatever you'd like to as it relates to Georgia football. Then we speak to everybody across all the video platforms at 10 a.m. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, we're on the radio at noon, of course. On Athens Sports Radio 960, the ref, we will be preempted on the radio here today, but looking forward to be back again tomorrow some signing day specials there with our friends at 960 the ref and by the way speaking of specials on signing day we've also got a couple of extra video shows we're going to do today kind of catching up middle of the afternoon here uh, around 1 p.m probably or so looking at some of the stuff coming out of athens and kind of the class as it comes together and then watching very closely what we hope a chance to react to some good news for five-star edge rusher damon wilson that's later on this afternoon too so a couple of times to catch us on video today and of course dog nation daily always podcast and everything else, Apple, Spotify, you know the platforms here by now. Big thanks to our friends at Breda Pest Management for making it all possible. The official pest control provider of UG Athletics. That means Matt Brady and the entire team over there are watching all the signing day stuff just as close as we are, and nobody will be happier than Matt and his team at Breda if the dogs add another big class, which they're on their way to being able to do. But, of course, the great work that Georgia does in recruiting, it's matched by the great work our friends at Breda Pest Management do for you, whether it be like the bugs and the critters, all the things that kind of get into your house, but specifically those termites. And here's what you know. As a Georgia homeowner, uh, you know the, ter- the termites are just a fact of life. In Georgia, eventually you'll get them if you haven't gotten them already. And that's why you want great protection to keep you from confronting that. And so that's where our friends at Breda Pest Management come uh, into play here. Because if you've got a company that you have been working with, where the price of service is going up year after year after year, because that company just doesn't have the resources to, to kind of protect your price, it's time to make the switch to Breda Pest Management. Because you're talking about a company there that's been in business since 1975. It's got, what, 125 employees. They've got uh, the kind of resources and the kind of strength to give you a chance to make the switch to them and put more money in your pocket just for doing so. So find them online, bradapest.com. That's B R 
B-R-E-D-A, BredaPass.com. They're the official pass control provider of UGA Athletics. And the same strength they provide to UGA, they can provide that strength for you. And the number one way that's going to show up for you is putting more money in your pocket right when you make the decision to switch to them. So BredaPass.com, B-R-E-D-A, BredaPass.com. All right, we're going to get Mike Griffith here in a moment. We're going to talk to Mike about some of the other stuff going on with UGA because the uh, preparations for the Peach Bowl and the College Bowl playoff are running concurrently to this addition to the 2023 class and had a chance to hear from some Georgia players yesterday. You'll hear from a few more today. So Georgia's still busy doing all of that. We're obviously covering that with you. Mike Griffith on that topic here coming up in just a moment. Also this morning, we've already had some good news here. Uh, Georgia getting back involved with a player that at one point in time had decommitted from UGA. But Daniel Harris, a uh, good-looking defensive back from down in South Florida, has now made the right decision or at least the decision we think is right the one that he should have always made uh he's now back as he says committed a thousand percent to uga uh showing off one of those nice edits from hayes foster always does such a good job with those kind of sitting on that arch themed throne that we see georgia recruits a part of got the black jersey on there uh he's also i guess officially now signed with georgia too georgia has confirmed that here's my kind of simple takeaway with this is that if you want to go back months ago, and I'm not making fun here, I'm being serious. If you want to go back months ago, I think there were some Georgia fans that were asking some questions about, wow, is, is the Georgia recruiting message still working the way that it has previously in the Kirby Smart era? And I know the kind of online meme that conjures up of the what's wrong with Georgia recruiting. That's been a joke on the Dog Nation forum message board for a long time. A lot of Georgia fans have kind of laughed at that, that whether it be class of 2018 or you know a lot of time since then there were some concerns of oh gosh in the summertime in the springtime the georgia class just doesn't look too good and there's this thought of gosh the georgia recruiting apparatus sort of falling apart and yet by the time you got to this point in the year georgia was obviously right back to putting an elite class together again and we see more examples of that here in the class of 2023 and i guess if you want the biggest and the best example of just how georgia is doing in recruiting i think the place you look are to the people who are a little bit skeptical about the message. And someone like Daniel Harris is an example of this because Harris was a guy that was at least questioning Georgia enough recently that he decommitted from the Bulldogs. And yet we also know, we said this at the show at the time, that wasn't going to stop Georgia from continuing to recruit Daniel Harris. They obviously did that. But Harris and his family and his camp, they were at least suspicious enough about Georgia being the right place for them that they at least said, we're going to step back from this. We're going to open things up and try to decide – where we want to be well ultimately even after considering where you might go ultimately harris and his folks decided that this was the right place for him to be so if you're a georgia fan you're trying to kind of figure out in light of all the stuff going on the transfer portal and the way in which that's kind of causing the sport to evolve forcing it to evolve pushing it in a new direction nil stuff the, the real stuff the fake stuff and everything else in between when you're left to kind of wonder well how does georgia fit in on all of this i think recruitments like daniel harris would suggest no the georgia machine is still humming along right the same way it always has and that somehow georgia is still georgia it is true to itself it is authentic to the way that it's always been even in light of the ways in which transfer portal and and nil are making the sport seem completely new and, and different and as you've heard me say a million times before that doesn't mean that georgia won't be in a won't be a player in the transfer portal but it's going to be a player in the portal in a very Georgia-centric way. And that doesn't mean that Georgia won't be a player in NIL. Don't get this twisted or confused. Georgia is participating in that to the same degree that any other elite program is kind of doing that right now. Uh, that uh, that those things are all you know going to be a, the type of thing that Georgia does, 
but they're going to do it in kind of a Georgia-centric way. They're going to be Georgia as they pursue these kind of new ideas, and you see that playing out. And whatever Georgia is, whatever Georgia has meant to recruit, it apparently still means something pretty important because guys like Daniel Harris who say, maybe I don't want to be at UGA. Then you look around, you're like, oh, actually, maybe I do want to be at UGA. That's an example of that. Also, as we are speaking live, and I'm guessing this is probably the only time during this show we'll kind of break in with live information. And this isn't necessarily earth shadowing, but we were watching this admittedly just to kind of make sure uh, Bo Hughley has officially signed with George. Now, we said this Hughley visited uh, Colorado. <laughs> Bo Hughley has visited literally everywhere but Georgia for most of the last year. And you had the Auburn folks trying to kind of fan the flames of hysteria with this. And you had all kinds of stuff going on. And, you know, this is going back where we said off the top of the show. This is the kind of drama that some people don't like. They are turned off by. I have very thick skin about this. I don't mind recruits enjoying their recruiting process. I really, truly don't. Um, And yet, when it's all said and done, Bo Hughley has made the decision that most people within the industry have kind of been predicting him to make for a while, even though even though the evidence that would suggest this is where he was going was not necessarily profound. Ultimately, this is what Bo Hughley does. So, there it is. It's official. Bo Hughley is signing at Georgia. That's a big offensive line ad. I've said this a million times. Hughley's been committed for what seems like a thousand years. But if he were to announce that pledge for the first time today, this would be celebrated as huge news. And so I think that now that it's official, now that he's signed, it ought to be celebrated there as well. And also this. There have been a lot of recruits over the years that have kind of done this kind of thing. They visited here. They visited there. They kind of flirted with this. They've kind of flirted with that. They became fodder for message board posts and social media posts about oh maybe so-and-so's trending with so-and-so player and yet while georgia fans may not have loved that when one of their guys was kind of bouncing around other places a lot of the players who may have done that once they got to georgia became as solid a citizen as you could possibly be so uh bo hugley has enjoyed his recruitment his recruitment is over he is now a dog officially georgia kind of putting that out there a moment ago and in light of that i think that you should be ready to have him here and uh, ready to uh, celebrate that and uh, I think that Bo Hughley is going to prove eventually to be a very viable member of this roster. Uh, that now official, it's over, it's done. One of the best players on a v- amazing Langston Hughes team uh, has uh, committed to Georgia and signed with Georgia. He's been committed forever, but he signed with Georgia here a moment ago. So that's the news of the day, uh, at least live for us here in the show, that for some who had been a little bit concerned about Bo Hughley, reason to be concerned is no more. Hughley officially a member of this 2023 class and as we said before daniel harris uh, kind of rejoining the class before our show began so that's the news we expect to take place while we're live on the air today we'll be obviously watching for some other stuff later on and that is around the doghouse so we'll kind of put a little bit of a pin in the recruiting talk for a moment uh want to also keep our eye on what's happening as georgia gets ready for ohio state in the college football playoff too and so for more on that let's welcome mike griffith here right now From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. So I do want to talk to Mike Griffith a lot about what uh, is going to happen for Georgia on December 31st because you're still getting ready for that in the midst of all the other stuff that's going on. But uh, Mike, I know it's not your regular beat necessarily, but I'm still curious of your opinion. Georgia putting the finishing touches on another impressive class here for uh, 2023. What is your thoughts on what Georgia is bringing in, what Georgia has already brought in? You've got a number of these guys already going through practice here right now. Your thoughts on this uh, crop of incoming freshmen here for Georgia? Well, I mean, just the stability is what stands out, Brandon. You know, you look around how crazy signing day's been, and I I just posted a a silliness signing day story. I mean, Matt Rule with his emoji attack, and 
on Dan Lanning and, you know, Rattler with this new Mercedes. I mean, just the college football world just seems to be spinning out of control. And, and Georgia just quietly going about their business, just knocking out another class, hitting all the needs, um, you know, seemingly, you know, pretty strong in all positions. Um, you know, the quarterback room, you know, a lot of, you know, could there be a quarterback? Tra- I, don't, I don't see anybody out there better than what they have. You know, stability there. I mean, yeah, you hear whispers, Eric Gilbert might leave. Well, okay, if he does, Oscar Delp's there, and they're bringing in another. It's just such a stable program. And to me, that's what stands out, because everyone else seems to be scrambling. Florida, back-to-back losing, you know, seasons. Last night, it's, you know, McCall. Well, today, it's actually the Wisconsin guy. Everybody else seems to be in scramble mode, and Georgia just has it together. There's just so much stability and to me, that's just what stands out. I mean, it's a nice, calm, fun, relaxing day for Georgia fans, and other fan bases are ready to jump off a cliff. Yeah, I definitely think the kind of business-like approach that Georgia takes here is, I think that's welcome for Georgia fans. I do think they kind of enjoy that because there is clearly a lot of wildness taking place other places. You kind of mentioned, you know, you got, you know, rumors about Drake May, North Carolina. You got uh, Matt Rule kind of firing off what seemed to be kind of some criticism of a couple of the programs and exaggerate NIL claims. And you've got the Miami, Florida stuff, which has been going back and forth. And listen, Mike, as just an observer of college football, I love all this. I'm entertained by all of this. <laughs> But I don't necessarily want my team to be the one that's kind of leading the way on that. In other words, like I like going online and kind of seeing who's doing the crazy thing here right now. But I'm sort of thankful it's not my team ever that's sort of the ones that are that, that are doing that. So I do think you're bringing up a pretty good point that even though Georgia isn't the one that's dominating the headlines during the offseason, clearly it's not impacting their their work in recruiting or on the field or anything like that. They are kind of drawing a sharp contrast with their, I would say, business-like approach compared to the sort of haphazard catch-as-catch-can stuff that seems to be going play, going on in other places. Yeah, and, and that's where you want to be. You know, it just Kirby just, you know, last summer, you know, the whole, you know, Jimbo, Saban feud and Kiffin in the middle. And Kirby just, it, it doesn't affect him. He, he just stays focused and on track. I mean, he put his message out. He said what he had to say about how the NIL was affecting teams and what he thought about it. And listen, Georgia had got Stetson made over a million dollars, sold his nickname, he's the milkman, whatever you want to call him. Georgia guys are getting theirs, but, but they seem to be doing it without the circus environment. They seem to be doing it without turning the locker room upside down. You know, whereas other places, you wonder how guys get along. Here, you know, Todd McShay calls out Jalen Carter, and, you know, and all the, the Georgia players come to his aid, and you know, talk about what what a great guy is. I mean, it's just the program just has it all together right now, and it's it's a great time. I mean, I, I've been around a lot of programs, as you know, over the the last thirty years um, of my career, and it, things are good. I mean, this is these are the good these are the good old days. I mean, you got to really appreciate these times. And 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 the great news is, you look at next year's schedule. I, I don't see it slowing down. Now, you never do see the end coming. I can tell you that. But I just don't see it on the horizon. I think Kirby is too strong and too good of a leader. And as long as this Georgia administration stands behind him and gives him what he wants, I don't see any reason why any any drop-off would be imminent. So you mentioned the Jalen Carter thing. I want to talk to you about that because we haven't spoken about that. I don't believe you and I have. But we did hear some Georgia players 
on this topic yesterday. I know you wrote that story for DogNation.com. Mike, I've said this over and over again, and my, I'm, I'm not now just saying this because of the Jalen Carter thing. I've said this for a long time. I don't like pre-draft talk. I, I think it's gross. I, I think a lot of it's uh, unbecoming, and I think it's 99% about what players who are clearly good enough to be first-round draft picks, what they don't do as opposed to you know what they do well. And I think it becomes a way of sounding smart by trying to be as negative as you can possibly be. And I don't like that. I don't like the pre-draft conversation never have. And when it ends up being about Jalen Carter in this way, I think Todd McShay just comes across looking really bad here because he's you know clearly trying to sort of cast this as a narrative. When you say something like that four times over the span of about 45 seconds, you're clearly trying to you know put this into the public conscience. And you know, at least the best I can tell thus far, McShay has had very little to back up the claim that he's made. So I was happy that Georgia players came to his defense yesterday. We'd already seen some of this on social media. We saw some of this yesterday with the uh, press conference stuff and the Georgia players who spoke publicly. What do you make about the whole Jalen Carter thing all the way around and the way in which Georgia players are kind of speaking out in favor of him? Well, I would, first of all, I would agree with, you know, your your breakdown on pre-draft talk. I mean, it is, it is absolutely antithesis of, of recruiting talk. And recruiting, it's all about what players do well and, you know, you know heightening, you know, their their skills. You know, we read Jeff's stories and each one of them is ready to, you know, conquer the world. You know, conversely, in the NFL, um, it, it's what they don't do. It, it's going to the used car lot. It, it's trying to, you know, pick out the scrapes and bumps and, and, you know, the, the issues that every player's had, whether it's physically, we saw it with N'Kobe Dean last year, there were questions about how sound his shoulder was, and uh, there were questions about Aziz Adjolari two years ago. Um, you know, now there's character questions about Jalen Carter. Unfortunately, unfortunately, though, there have been Georgia players, that, you know, DeAndre Baker ran into some trouble, Isaiah Will, and you say, gosh, we didn't know that. We didn't know. So we, we don't know what we don't know. But I don't think fans really like. They're not signed up for that. I mean, there was there was there was a player last year that got drafted in the first round that that had a documented domestic incident earlier in his career, and he still got picked in the first. You know, but he'd gotten over it. But to your point, it, the draft analysis is all about kind of Aaron. I mean, there were questions. I remember going on a Pittsburgh radio station last year, and they're asking me about George Pickens' character, and I'm saying, but because he squirted somebody with a water bottle and punched somebody back at Georgia Tech. That, that, that's the care you know you want to group that when you say character to me and, and i brought it up because you know you got a running back in cincinnati that punched a girl i mean you're going to put pickens in the same category with 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 you know to me character so are we talking about a pregame you know some some ill-timed words at missouri is that what we're talking are we talking about carter in, in the end zone at missouri before again is that what we're talking about or is there something we don't know it doesn't seem fair to your point it doesn't seem fair to just throw that out there without any hard evidence behind it. But at the same time, this is what McShay gets paid to do. He gets paid to keep an ear to the ground. There is somebody telling him that. That doesn't mean that it's legit. It could be, a, it could be the team that picks fifth or sixth that, that just wants his stock to drop. So I'm with you. It's an ugly game. We don't like it. Um, but, you know, when these teams are on the verge of investing literally tens of millions of dollars, it, it's high-stakes poker. Uh, the good news, Brandon, to me, is that Jalen Carter, has, to me, has shown more character, not only by playing the second half of the year, but this cat's playing over 40 snaps a game. Typically, DTs don't go more than 30. And this guy's playing his heart out. Even though he's already secured tens of millions of dollars, 
he's still putting it on the line for his teammates. I really respect that. I think that says more about his character than you know any you know pregame ill-advised talk against an opponent. Well, I don't think that's a small point, Mike, and I I, I agree with you on this that I, I don't know Jalen Carter personally and yet i do believe that the most important demonstration of character that you can have i think or at least among the most important demonstrations of character is do you show up for work do you show up and do your job and it's not a given across the board that all football players are doing that in this day and age and they've got their reasons and whatever else i I, i'm not here to litigate that but jalen carter when he didn't necessarily have to play for georgia showed up and played because he's a competitor at least that's what what i presume he just you know likes competing he likes doing his job and to me that's sort of all i need to know and if he's not you know uh, you know singing kumbaya around the campfire with everybody else i don't really care about that i don't know if that's true or not but i actually just don't care about that very much because the only thing i need to know about jalen carter is is when the red light comes on when it's time to go out there and perform no one's performing better mike that to me is a demonstration of character i'm i'm with you you know and 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 i don't know his personality either the one time he talked with the media uh last spring i believe he he was great he was engaging now, I will say this, you know, he, he was perspiring and he was a little nervous to get in front of people. So I think that's why we haven't seen more of him in front of the cameras. It's not that, that he's got some, you know, personality. It's just he gets nervous speaking publicly. But I thought he did a great job, and, and I enjoyed when, when Jalen talked. I hope we get to talk to him again. It's amazing. He's only spoken once in three years, and he's his top five pick. I mean, if there's one area that I, I kind of think Georgia could do a little better at, it would be maybe – letting some of these kids' personalities come out. I mean, I, I went to the Combine last year, and I know you remember this because, you know, you ran some of this on Dog Nation Daily. Yeah. We, we streamed a lot of the live interviews that the Georgia players did uh, from the podium. And, and let me tell you, they were fantastic. The personalities that came out. I texted Kirby that day. I said, your guys are making a lot of money here in Indianapolis. I mean, the personalities that came out, the stories they told, they were so engaged. They were so comfortable. Last year's team, they not only won that championship, and Kirby said it many times, but to illustrate it, all you got to do is go back, go to our Dog Nation YouTube page, and look at some of those combine interviews, and, and look at the examples and the maturity and the stories, and think that's what set the mold for these players that are here right now. These are the big brothers that taught these kids that are playing right now how to act how to fill their shoes, how to win, and you can really see that. You can hear it in Jordan Davis. You can hear it in Devontae Wyatt and Lewis Seen and Zamir White. Um, they, they were just so engaging, uh, enjoyed it so much, really looking forward to the dogs at the Combine this year. It looks like they'll probably have, you know, I'd probably say seven or eight guys, Brandon, but, you know, today's about the future. It's an exciting time. I know Jeff's done a ton of work. Connor's knocking stuff out. Anybody that's gone to dognation.com, I mean, it's just a, a complete catch-up on everything. And I know you're going to be Johnny on the spot all day with your live reports because it ain't over yet, Brandon. That's We're right. just getting started. Let me do one more thing on this, Mike, and then I want to change the subject, talk about the Peach Bowl before you say goodbye to you. And listen, I'm the last one to care about, like, like I don't really think of myself as a journalist. I'm a show host. That's just what I do for a living. I'm not a reporter. That's never been the thing I do for a living. But I think I speak on behalf of a lot of fans who consume news that someone like Todd McShay, it seems to be fair game for him to take whatever somebody else says about any draft prospect. We're talking about Jalen Carter right now, but could it be anybody else? 
And then McShay just goes out and regurgitates that. And by the way, he's not the only one. There have been this kind of stuff that sort of pops up with Adam Schefter sometimes on regular NFL news, Woj Bomb, whatever his name is in the NBA. There's kind of a version of that for him, too, where as long as somebody connected to some team told me something, I'm fair to run with it no matter why the person told me what they told me. In other words, I don't know if he's telling me the truth, but the fact that he's telling me this is enough for me to run with it. And I would say for the average fan, that's not enough of a filter on the part of the media, that if you really do want to take yourself serious as a reporter, you got to be more than just a mouthpiece for someone connected to an organization, that it's not good enough to say, well, someone said this, so therefore I'm running with it. You ought to be more of a filter on the facts than that. I think the average fan feels that way. Yeah, I, I think so, too. You know, unfortunately... When it comes to these this type of information, NFL teams you don't ever hear scouts public uh, publicly quoted. So you know the only information you can get is is sourced, and you know I'm sure McShay has to share that source with with his employer, and um, you know he's a guy who is well connected. Now to your point, there's going to be the fox in the hen house report that that sometimes is erroneous, uh, and one of the things as a reporter when you're dealing with sourced information is you've got to kind of weigh it. And, and, and be smart enough to recognize when you're being used, right? And, yeah. and that's hard to do. It's hard to know. But if you, if you go to a source and they've been correct over and over and over, um, you'd like to think that they would be consistent. And, again, the problem I have with this isn't that it's sourced. It's that it's not specific. He has a character issue because what? Because what, is there, was there, you know, that, that's what I have a problem with is it's too vague for me. It's, it, it's, too, it's just too broad of a term. Character issue can mean a lot of different things. And, and in this day and age, there's a lot of guys in the NFL who have serious, and there's former players. I mean, just look at Willie McGinnis and this horrid video of this former Patriot. This guy was treated like a hero. He's on TV. He's beating the hell out of somebody on this video. And you Google his name, and you find out he's got an assault charge pending from 2016. And you dig deeper, and you find out there were charges at, at USC that, that got this. And you think to yourself, did this guy get past the So unfortunately, there are issues with character all over society, by the way. The only difference is because these are public figures, we're talking about athletes, we're talking about movie stars, and yes, Brandon Adams, you're a public figure too, although thank goodness we don't have anything like this to worry about with Dog Nation Daily, but public figures, the rules are different, and people can say whatever they want without much recourse, and that's very unfortunate. So to finish off here, Mike, the preparations for the Peach Bowl are ongoing for Georgia. They've been practicing even throughout all this recruiting process stuff, and they've been pretty clear to say they haven't been quite working on Ohio State as of yet, but now it's time to start doing that because next week is game week. Uh, what's your sense on uh, Georgia's level – I don't want to say level of preparation, uh, but what's your sense on you know kind of where Georgia is in its process towards getting ready for this huge playoff game coming up uh, next weekend? I think they're confident. You know, I really do. I, I feel like, you know, talking to, to Smile and Zion yesterday, I, I got the feeling that that's a confident team. That's a team that knows what they need to do. You know, they, they know what they have to do. It's, it's painting by the numbers. It's, it's staying prepared. The only thing that needs to change, and I think it will, there's no reason to let the lion out of the cage right now. There's no reason at all for, for Georgia to be foaming at the mouth right now. It's, it's just not time to turn the dogs loose. I think when they come back from Christmas and they're on site, I think that's when Kirby's going to make it real. I think that's when he's going to have an I want to eat moment. There's just there's no reason for him to do that right now. But right now this is this is preparation. This is some good on good. This is some hard work. 
These are players that are going to be assignment sound. They respect their opponent. They certainly don't fear them. I asked Munden about that yesterday. I said, you kind of get, you get a little geeked up playing a Big Ten kingpin? Not, not really. It's just, it's just this is where George is at. The opponent, as Jeremy Pruitt said it best, the opponent is in the mirror. And as long as Georgia answers the challenge every day, they know their best is good enough to win. If they play their best, nobody's going to beat them. They know that. There's a comfort in that. But there's also a challenge that every day has to be better than the day before. But, again, these guys are conditioned. It's a very special program. It's not for everybody. Once you're a part of it, it's great. But it's not for everybody, Brandon, because they're out recruiting guys to beat you out right now. They're looking in the portal right now for players that are better than you. No one's job sacred. Hey, Stetson Bennett knew that last year. Caleb Williams, they, they tried to get him last year. Kirby doesn't rest, does not rest in satchable desire and hunger for success. Somebody asked me yesterday, what sets him apart? That's it. It's never good enough. If it ain't broke, make it better. Every minute, every day. That's what's taking Georgia to the top, and that's what's going to keep the Bulldogs there. Mike, good stuff. Thanks for being with us here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by uh, Braided Pass Manage. We hope you have a, a great Christmas. Obviously, I think the next time you're nice, big will probably be in Atlanta. So we're looking forward to seeing you there for that, getting ready for the Peach Bowl, and I uh, hope you get some time with some family here to uh, enjoy over the course of the next couple of days. And, of course, in the midst of all that, we'll continue to read great content from you there at dognation.com as well. Thanks, B.A. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So Mike's talking about the Peach Bowl there, and I promise we'll get back to some recruiting stuff here too. Um, I do have a little bit of a theory that I'm working on right now for the Peach Bowl. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know that this is right. So just understand this. This is me kind of like workshopping. I'm thinking out loud here for a moment. But if you go on some of like the secondary ticket websites, and I'm not going to promote any of them, uh, but you can certainly – you know what I'm talking about. The, the the websites that sell tickets to this game. The current get-in price for the Peach Bowl is actually not as high as, like, say, the Georgia-Tennessee game was around this time. Now, there's also more buildup, I guess, to this game, so maybe next week that sort of changes. But right now, I would say the overall get-in price of the Peach Bowl is a little cheaper than the get-in price was for the Georgia-Tennessee game. We have a little bit of a track record here. And yet... Even though that's true, the overall ticket prices, now they're way, way expensive. So I'm not here to tell you that it's, that it's cheap to go to this game. It's amazing to me how expensive every game is now. Um, but the get-in price is a little bit lower right now than it was for the, for the Georgia-Tennessee game. And yet, the people that I talk to that you know obviously try to get their tickets from Georgia, the cutoff to get Peach Bowl tickets I think was higher than it's ever been. For instance, I know people that did get like, say, 2017 national championship game tickets that did not get peach bowl tickets the 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 cutoff from georgia to get tickets was really really high but the overall secondary market right now does not necessarily reflect that kind of sort of crazy market right now so what i'm led to believe is and i'm i'm willing to tell you i'm not sure this is right but what i'm led to believe is i don't know how fired up ohio state fans are for this game now, if you know a bunch of Ohio State fans, maybe you feel differently. And, and if you do feel differently, I want to know because this is the kind of thing I don't want to be wrong about. But I get the sense that right now, Ohio State fans are just kind of not quite so sure. And by the way, that doesn't mean that Ohio State can't be competitive. The fact is, I said this on the radio yesterday. I was with my friends on 92.9 The Game. I sort of believe this game is going to be more competitive than the average Georgia fan seems to think. I do think Ohio State takes a pretty good shot at Georgia. 
And I think that Georgia's going to need to beat its best to win. I believe that Georgia will win, but I believe it needs to be at its best to do so. Um, but I get the impression that Ohio State fans are not quite so sure. In fact, I have to be honest about this. I'm getting a vibe from the Buckeyes right now that's kind of similar to the vibe I was getting from Georgia fans after last year's SEC championship. That going down to Miami for that game against Michigan, there weren't tons of Georgia fans there. Now, maybe they were all just saving their money for the national championship, or maybe some of them weren't quite so sure they were buying in, just given the fact they'd just seen Georgia lose to Alabama. It sort of feels like there's a similar vibe coming off of the Ohio State program right now. We're coming off a loss to Michigan, two straight years of losing to Michigan. I'm just not quite so sure what these Buckeyes fans are expecting from their team. And maybe the Travion Henderson opt-out and the Jackson Smith and the Jigba opt-out, maybe that kind of contributes to that. Maybe it's unfair to say Henderson's opting out. Maybe he really is too hurt to play. But the fact that Henderson and uh, Smith and the Jigba won't be available to Ohio State, maybe this kind of contributes to this too. There is a little bit of uncertainty, I think, from them. I think the ticket market reflects that because I don't believe it reflects uh, Georgia fans necessarily. This is just kind of something that's on my mind. And so... You know, does that mean the Georgia fans are going to scarf up all of these tickets and it's going to be like 80, 90 percent Georgia fans? I don't know about that either, because I guess I'm also a little bit concerned. Peach Bowl being what it is, how many of these tickets are just sort of held by non-Georgia fans? How many of these are held by corporate types? How many of these are held by, you know, Rob Lowe in the NFL hat? You know, someone that's not really a passionate fan for either side. I don't quite know as of yet what this building's going to feel like on December 31st. Obviously, we know there will be tons of Georgia fans there. Uh, but I think the vibe around Ohio State's a little bit difficult to decipher. And if you have more insight on this, I wouldn't mind hearing from you on it. For now, though, let's get ready to go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Of course, here's the one thing I do know. The vibe around a Royal Caribbean cruise is unmatched. It's great right now. We're looking forward to I got a family trip coming up in February that I'm really excited about, but I'm also excited about being on board with all of you this upcoming April. It's the 24th or the 28th. We're going to be leaving out of Port Canaveral, which is a really easy port to get to. I'm one of those guys that if I don't have to fly, I don't really want to. If I can drive, if it's drivable, I, I just kind of enjoy that, especially on a cruise. I like to kind of... I take probably more luggage on a cruise than some other people do. And so, therefore, not having to check all that luggage on an airport uh, it kind of works out well for me. So we go drive down to Port Canaveral, just right past Orlando, kind of easy to get easy to get to. And then from Port Canaveral, going to Nassau, going to Perfect Day, Coco Cay. And, y'all, that private island experience right there in the Bahamas is really what makes Royal Caribbean such a special choice for so many people. And the cool thing is, is our trip goes to this. But you can actually go to the, you know, and, and kind of search a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation on the basis of just those cruise itineraries that include Perfect Day, Coco Cay. In fact, a great travel agent named Jessica Slater can help you do just that. She's a agent that was specially selected for us by Royal Caribbean for our Dog Nation cruise. But the truth is, she can help you with any of your Royal Caribbean cruise needs. So give her a call, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. She's also made a website specifically for our Dog Nation cruise, royaldogs.com. You can find out about it, royaldogs.com about the special stuff on board Independence of the Seas, but also the extra special Dog Nation stuff that's going to be going on there uh, for our specific crews. You can get more on that um, with uh, Jessica Slater there. Uh, RoyalDogs.com, great website to go to for more on that. All right, let me kind of bounce through some SEC through stuff, and I spend a little bit too much time talking about the tickets. So let me see if I can pick up the pace here a little bit. Um, it is embarrassing right now around Florida. It is kind of an ugly situation. They... 
and I have to admit, I enjoy every single moment of it. I, I really, really do. Have you been following the back and forth stuff between, like, say, Miami and Florida as it relates to the NIL stuff? Obviously, we think about Mark Fletcher, the running back we talked about the other day. There are other examples of this. Uh, Kermani McClain, I guess, maybe the most high profile, where Florida sort of thought it was getting somebody, and then Miami swooped in and kind of money whipped the Gators and kind of won this battle. And we all know that the leader of the NIL effort for Miami is uh, John Ruiz famous he's openly talking about the NIL stuff on social media uh, that's legal in Florida for the most part so he's able to you know kind of go out there and make these big wild claims and kind of essentially daring anybody to do anything about that well obviously Florida has been the program probably most harmed by the aggressive NIL tactics so you've got the leader of the Gator Collective his name's Eddie Rojas he's a former Florida baseball player so the allegation here is and I heard a small snippet of this, and it's always kind of hard to judge something on the basis of a small snippet. So I'm going to withhold my judgment on what might have been going on here. But the allegation against Rojas was that he went on a Twitter spaces. Are you familiar with these Twitter spaces things are uh, where people get on there and just kind of talk? It's like an open chat type deal. And there was an allegation that Rojas did not exactly uh, perform very well in this particular chat and did not come across very professional as said before i'm going to withhold any kind of judgment on that because what i heard of this was sort of a small snippet and sometimes things can be edited in such a way that makes it sound one way and i'm just going to i'm just going to withhold judgment i'm going to let let you decide for yourself on this but uh it, it has certainly been openly discussed that that rojas did not perform very well did not um equate him very well in this particular situation so much of the john ruse actually talking about it on social media and so now you've got Florida message boards kind of melting down over all of this. <laughs> it is uh, pretty entertaining to watch from afar. And then on top of all of that, you've got now the thought that Florida is in the mix for former Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz. Now let me tell you something. That is not a win. And you can sort of tell who's excited about news and who isn't based on when they drop the news. I mean, to be completely honest with you, like JT Daniels announcing Rice the night before the start of the early signing period or the reports kind of leaking out about Florida and Graham Mertz right before the start of the early signing period. There is a way to maximize attention for a news drop and there's a way to minimize the attention for a news drop. It's pretty obvious that when stuff leaks out right before the beginning of the early signing period, that is not news that's designed to get the most possible attention. And so uh, after Florida, and Mike kind of mentioned this a moment ago, you know, the thought of, oh, maybe the Grayson McCall sweepstakes or the this or the that. All of a sudden, it's possibly Graham Mertz, as reports would suggest, an interception machine for Miami. I'm not, I should say for Wisconsin. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, pick on Mertz. I, I, you know, I don't have a bad word to say about him necessarily. But this is not like one of these super high profile quarterbacks, especially after last year's big quarterback edition was Jack Miller. Now, listen, Florida's got, you know, Jay Rashada coming in. They got, you know, what's his name? The class 2024. So they're, the quarterback position is actually the one spot they're recruiting pretty well right now. But in terms of the transfer quarterback names they have added, will add, this is not the dramatic roster transformation that Florida fans were hoping that Billy Napier would be able to provide. Uh, frankly, this feels like sort of a little bit of a, of a Sunbelt quarterback ad, which may be appropriate given uh, his ties to the, uh, the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, moving on from there, by the way, speaking of quarterback stuff, um, uh, okay, so also we have some news coming in here. Isaiah Nixon, a four-star defensive lineman, has flipped from Florida to UCF, um, I guess, there as well. This in light of the other day, you know, Florida's trying to flip the defensive lineman from UCF and couldn't do it. And now you've got this guy uh, flipping from, from Florida to UCF. I will admit this is not a recruiting battle that I'm all that uh, well-versed in necessarily. But you've heard me say now 
a couple of times that I do think that Malzahn's a little bit of a presence in the Sunshine State when it comes to recruiting because UCF is a Big 12 team now and Malzahn's been battling Florida and recruiting for a million years. You know, you know this idea that Malzahn won't get some of his in, in competition with Florida, of course he will. So I'm not an expert on this recruiting battle in particular, I have to admit, uh, but it does kind of fit in with, at least by appearances, some of the stuff we've been talking about before, which is I do think you have to take Gus Malzahn a little bit seriously on the recruiting front uh, down there in Florida right now. So maybe more bad news to the Gators, and you obviously love to see that. Uh, by the way, speaking of transfer quarterbacks, this is how you do it big. Uh, Kentucky steps up and wins with Devin Leary, the former NC State quarterback. And the way this is being spun in the media is because um, the 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 backstory here is is that Liam Cohen is apparently coming back as Kentucky offensive coordinator. Now, I have to admit something. The other day, we reported on this show that news was final. Apparently, it's not final because Liam Cohen gave this sort of cryptic message uh, here this week where it certainly strongly suggested that he is coming to Kentucky. But I thought the other day this was final, and I guess it's not. Uh, Cohen's still working with the Rams right now, but all intents and purposes are that he is coming back to Kentucky. In 2021, he was viewed as a very good offensive coordinator. And this is a pretty big win for Kentucky bringing him back. Rich Scangarello, the offensive coordinator they had in place for 2022, was a total failure, disaster. And so bringing Cohen back in the mix here is a pretty big win for Kentucky. And that is apparently why uh, Devin Leary, at least by appearances, wants to come to the Wildcats because he gets a chance to work with Devin, uh, with, with uh, Liam Cohen. And the thought here is, and this is where the snarky side of me can't help but uh, emerge, the thought here is, Liam Cohen's going to do for Devin Leary what he did for Will Levis. Now, here's my question, and I'm I'm being as genuine as I can be. Is that a good thing or not? Because I still don't know if Will Levis is a good football player. I mean, he's going to be drafted very high, I guess, but um, he made a couple of decent throws against Georgia, I guess. But I, to this day, I still don't know why it is that I'm supposed to think of Will Levis as a good football player. And I'm not quite so sure that being the next Will Levis is a good thing. I mean, frankly, I think that uh, I've kind of heard it said before <laughs> that uh, uh, Leary was sort of the Will Levis of the uh, ACC in a lot of ways. So he's kind of already kind of gotten some Will Levis comparisons. But nonetheless, this is one of the bigger quarterback names that's out there in the transfer portal. And it's a pretty big win for Kentucky getting him, especially since we had some reports going back to the weekend that Leary was visiting Auburn. So this is an example of Kentucky kind of going head to head here with some SEC programs and uh, and bringing in a big name. And if Florida really does add Graham Mertz, this is clearly an example of uh, Kentucky beating Florida uh, for a much more high-profile quarterback, sort of, a, you know, you can say, what's the fit with the offense? That's a different topic. But in terms of just a bigger name, this is clearly an example of uh, Kentucky adding a much bigger name if that's the way that goes down. Then quickly, I'll say this. Uh, Charles Kelly looks like he's the next defensive coordinator for Colorado. This is an Alabama assistant, been working there with Nick Saban. That's a pretty big ad uh, for Deion Sanders. And an example of, listen, the first step to being a good coach is putting a good staff in place. When you bring on the Kent head coach as your offensive coordinator and Charles Kelly as your defensive coordinator and guys like Nick Williams as your position coaches, it certainly seems like Deion Sanders is putting a good staff in place. And Compared to the rest of the Pac-12, this is going to have a lot more real football to it than a lot of the other stuff that probably exists in a lot of places around the Pac-12. So I think that Dion to Colorado is a very, very interesting move. I really do. And the early returns here are that he's adding pretty you know, nice assistance. I think that Charles Kelly's a pretty good hire here. So uh, there is that. And by the way, speaking of Alabama, they get another big recruiting win. They flip Caden Proctor, offensive uh, lineman committed to Iowa, 
to Bama yesterday. This had kind of been expected, uh, but it is an example of what Alabama is doing right now. You can say what you want to about them on the field, and there's reason to be skeptical of what the on-field product looks like for Alabama. But in recruiting, they are putting together a strong 2023 class. I guess they're going to lose at least one battle today. They may lose one of their guys uh, here today. But for the most part, they're going to hold on to a really, really strong class and put together a number one uh, type class here. So honesty compels you to admit it's been a good recruiting cycle for the Crimson Tide. And uh, Caden Proctor was an example of that yesterday. And we'll make that cruising around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Now, I have to confess one thing. Yesterday, one of the bowl picks I gave you did not cash. Um, I kind of liked Toledo against Liberty. Liberty kind of a mess right now in the absence of Hugh Freeze. Toledo does win the game. They do not cover. So you can't win them all. And I did not win that one yesterday. But and by the way, that's what I get for uh, <laughs> Toledo is probably the biggest uh, underachieving team in the entire Mac. And so uh, hitching my wagon to the Rockets yesterday might not have been all that smart of a move as it was. But the fact is, many of you are better at picking on these games than I am anyway. So you might as well put your money where your mouth is and go to our friends at MyBookie. Here's how it works. You can type MyBookie into your internet browser. The internet will literally do the work for you, get you where you need to be. And when you get there, you can use the promo code DOGNATION, all one word, spelled the way it's supposed to be, D-A-W-G. When you use the promo code DOGNATION, MyBookie is going to give you a big first deposit bonus all the way up to $1,000. That means you put in 400 bucks, they will put $400 into your account. You've got like $800 in your account before you even win your first bet. It's a great time to get signed up because we're like right in the midst of bowl season. We've got the fun stuff in the NFL. You've got three NFL games on Saturday, too, I think. Like uh, You've got it's Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, all that crazy stuff coming up. This is a great time to get locked in on some really fun football and uh, make some money on your football expertise. So use the promo code DOGNATION at MyBookie. Get the big uh, sign-up deposit bonus uh, when you use that promo code DOGNATION. And after that, you play, you win, you get paid. With our friends at MyBookie, it is just that simple. Also, one more quick shout-out before we say goodbye to you. Don't forget, on Friday, we'll wrap up the uh, week with our big finish, courtesy of our friends at the Finish Long Drink. And I have loved seeing, many of you have shared this, and we'll show some of this to you on Friday as a part of our big finish. I have loved seeing so many of you enjoying the Finish Long Drink. It's a part of your holiday party celebrations this time of year. So as you're getting ready to uh, enjoy some Christmas time or toasting the New Year or Hanukkah, whatever else you got going on, uh, whatever your holiday of choice is. The finished long drink goes great with it. So you can try the long drink cranberry, the long drink strong, 8.5% alcohol by volume, the long drink zero, that's no carbs, no sugar, because goodness knows you're getting plenty of carbs uh, the old-fashioned way this time of year. And, of course, the long drink traditional, that's the uh, citrus flavor, the gin kick. Uh, you get all of that with our friends at the finished long drink. So you can go to thelongdrink.com and find out more about that. The Finish Long Drink, a great choice here for this holiday season. And we'll showcase some folks having some fun with all of that coming up on Friday for our big finish. Once again, presented by The Finish Long Drink. Speaking of big finishes, let's close out this show in a nice fashion today uh, with our golden shoes. In fact, we'll go ahead and throw the first one up here on the uh, screen. I believe we have three of these to honor today. We have two of these to honor today? Okay, maybe that's... Yeah, we have three. Yeah, there we go. Uh, our buddy Stephen Burton shares this. He said, I've been counting down with Dog Nation the entire time. It's right at the top of the page at dognation.com. 
we've had what we've called our signing day central and a countdown to the start of signing day and steven sent this to us when it reached zeros across the board of course all that brought to you by our friends at kroger so good stuff there by steven saying he's been counting down with dog nation and certainly steven we certainly appreciate that how about our next golden shoe our buddy mad dog shares this so a little bit of backstory for those of you watching on video i've been talking a lot lately about my desire to have one of these fancy georgia letter jackets they look awesome stetson minute wore his uh, at the heisman ceremony so mad dog wrote in to say here's a quick preview of what ba would look like wearing a uga letter jacket and then he gives you the go for two in 22 so i have to say i uh, i like that now i wish i looked as felt in mine as stetson bennett does in his uh but nonetheless that's pretty good stuff from our buddy mad dog very funny indeed and then finally there's this and i by the way i love this on twitter the username and the handle is at go for two in 22 that's amazing stuff uh he says uh, hey ba got my sec championship t-shirt in the mail can't wait to see the dogs hoist another trophy like Jalen uh carter hoisted Jalen uh Jaden daniels go for two and 22 golden shoe great looking t-shirt there indeed and good stuff on twitter from go for two in 22 by the way i got another one of these show tomorrow you're gonna love this as well the ways in which go for two and 22 is being used right now very very fun stuff love to uh, start thinking about december 31st in that peach bowl of course business to be taken care of before that when it comes to the early signing period we're all over all of it in fact we're also all over the gatorator countdown as well 311 days from right now georgia back in jacksonville beating up on florida again whatever's left of these lousy stinging gators georgia will finish them off then 311 days from right now happy signing day to all of you we'll see you back on video throughout the day we'll talk to you tomorrow dog nation daily presented by breda pest management and on the podcast, I'm now for the R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down. We'll take your comments on Twitter at Dog Nation Daily in the comment section at DogNation.com. I'm going to read a couple of tweets. Uh, so I guess Justin Sisk writes in that you're familiar with Steve Wolfong, famous national recruiting analyst. I guess he's weighed in with a prediction of Georgia for Damon Wilson. So maybe that will be good news for the dogs later on today. Of course, by the time many of you hear the podcast, that will already be done one way or another. So if you're normally a pod- excuse me, if you're normally a podcast listener, and you want to join us on video or react to the Damon Wilson thing one way or another a little bit later on today. Hopefully that's good news. Uh, Elite Dogs 21 also kind of writes in on the the role that NIL is playing in this recruiting cycle, saying that it uh, needs to be discussed after they commit and not the way in which you obtain your players. And I think that maybe from a, I guess, a conceptual standpoint, people would probably agree with that a lot. But in a sort of a practical reality standpoint, players are going to make the choice about where they think they have a chance to to maximize their financial potential and they're certainly going to have a skeptical eye towards programs in which they either haven't you know embraced that or they just don't simply have access to the resource in which players can benefit from that and that's it's just kind of the way that it's going to be and once again to go back to what we talked about during the show is what you hope is that a program like georgia can say hey nil is real it's a it's it's a reality and yet we're going to engage with this reality in kind of a Georgia-centric way, the same way that Georgia goes about all of its business. They're going to approach NIL, too. And business is, of course, good around Georgia. And I would certainly lead, be led to believe that a lot of Georgia players have benefited from their time on campus from an NIL standpoint. But if all you've got is your NIL offer, well, what happens when some of that either turns out to be have been exaggerated? We've heard some pretty strong, you know, accusations of exaggerate NIL claims or when the NIL doesn't make you, uh, I guess, want to to overlook some of the bad stuff that's happened with the program. Texas A&M may be an example of that. Where they have 25 guys in the portal right now after 
the thought that they used NIL very aggressively to put their number one ranked class in 2022 together. So the bottom line here is, as I do believe NIL is kind of an ever-present factor in almost all recruitments, and yet on the kind of the very high end, I think a lot of that's probably still pretty grotesquely exaggerated. But you can win with NIL the same way you win with everything else if you're Georgia. you got a great plan. you got a great program. You've got a lot to sell. And thus far, it seems like Georgia's kind of figuring this out pretty well. So if you're a UGA fan, I think there's a lot to be happy about, a lot to like right now. We'll make that your R.S. Andrews podcast cool down for today and remind you that R.S. Andrews is the one you can turn to for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. They will show up on time. They'll do the work that's promised, the price is promised, including those heating systems, getting them tuned up so you can stay toasty and warm here this winter season. Find them online, rsandrews.com for more on that. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Manager. Hope you enjoy National Signing Day, and we'll look forward to talking to you then.